Hello there, welcome to a brand new episode of Fortune Podcast Navigating Life and Relationships. I hope you had an amazing weekend and I hope you enjoyed the previous episode. So today we're going to be talking and hopefully demystifying 10 popular myths that people, which might include you, have about godly relationships. Now, the reason for doing this, other than the fact that they are limiting beliefs, is that they also have the capacity to cloud your judgment on what God wants for you in a godly relationship and marriage. I'm sure we all have that one friend who is averse to being with pastors or men who work in church because, in their words, they don't have game. Now, just by these thoughts, do you realize that such a person has set themselves up to be unequally yoked with someone else? Now, this is how dangerous it can get. So let's look into 10 popular myths about godly relationships that must be demystified. Number one, a lot of people believe that the love of God is the only similarity in both partners and nothing else. People believe that it is only spirituality that connects two godly people. And let's be honest, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because if we say that we are Christians and we have the spirit of God in us, it would mean that spirit recognizes spirit. As Dunsin Oyekan would say, deep calls out to deep. But beyond spirituality, there are characters, there are personalities that a person must have that must be compatible between two people who are walking towards marriage. So a lot of people believe that all Christian couples do is pray, go to church and all of that. They don't believe that they have that aspect of fun. They don't believe that they enjoy cracking jokes and all. And while no one owes you to prove to you that their marriage is beyond just praying and all of that, it is important that you don't carry that mindset thinking, if I end up with a godly woman, if I end up with a godly man, we might never have any fun in our relationship. We might just be engaging in spiritual disciplines which really there's nothing wrong with, but there is so much more. And if you are open and honest to seeing some godly couples who are already married or who are in courtship stages, you will find out that beyond just talking about God, prayer and all of that, they do allow their personalities to show forth. So it's important right now that we demystify the idea that it is only spirituality that connects two people together. Secondly, A lot of people believe that there is no intimacy in godly relationships. I said to someone recently that this would largely depend on your definition of intimacy. If a person's definition of intimacy is limited only to the physical realm, only to the physical body that we can see, definitely you would agree with this myth. However, intimacy trumps and is very well beyond just physicality. It is beyond sex and all of that. If you do not understand what intimacy means, then you would judge any relationship that does not engage in sexual immorality as having no intimacy. Now, as Christians, we would definitely agree that the Bible is against sexual immorality. The Bible teaches us to keep ourselves pure and to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. And until we walk into matrimony with someone, there's no reason why we should be engaging in sexual immorality. Intimacy could just be spending time together. It could be doing various trivia questions. It could be going to places where you share common interests. It could just be sitting down having heart-to-heart talks. 
it is not limited to physical presence it is not limited to physicality there is so much more to being intimate with someone and recently i shared a definition of intimacy in a previous episode where i said intimacy is knowing someone fully and being fully known by them and i remember i explained that god knows us fully the bible tells us in psalm 139 that he even knows a word before we speak it he knows the number of head on our head now that is one way intimacy only is intimacy when the other person also knows the person fully and so as we grow in knowledge of god we also become intimate with him now this is an example with us and god when it comes to a physical partner here on the earth as you know each other more you grow in intimacy now it is not only when you've known each other sexually that you say that you have been intimate because society has definitely given intimacy a different definition so it is important for you to know that in godly relationships there are several levels of intimacy that do not involve sexual immorality number three people believe that godly couples see themselves and they immediately know that this is my spouse this is my wife this is my husband it has happened for some people like that there are some couples today that will tell you i met my husband for the first time i met my wife for the first time and i said to myself i'm going to marry this woman i'm going to marry this man it happens like that for some people but not for all so i need you to demystify the idea that every godly couple who meet themselves know immediately that this is my spouse Because for some people, you often go out every day and you're thinking, is this my husband? Is this my wife? And it is such a constricting thought process where everyone you're meeting, you're automatically thinking, this is my husband or this is my wife. Sometimes just go out and just make friends and just have fun. You don't have to go out always looking for a spouse. So no, not all godly relationships start out immediately as this is my spouse some people grow in friendship and that's actually even more advisable where you meet someone you build friendship and you grow in that friendship into something like courtship and then into marriage so demystify the idea that all godly couples meet and know that this is my spouse number four parents and guardians are carried along through the entire process from courtship into marriage I see absolutely nothing wrong with this myth and I'm very happy to leave it undemystified because I believe in transparency, I believe in accountability and I do not believe that two people who are courting, preparing to marry should not involve key people in their lives like parents, mentors, pastors, friends and all of that. If you are with someone and it is only your friends that know that you are together or not even friends, just the two of you, I personally see a problem with that because anywhere that there is secrecy, sin will thrive. So it is important that we have a level of transparency and accountability And if your problem is that people are involved in your relationship, I do not believe that accountability equates to letting everyone in or giving everyone a voice into your relationship. It is very advisable that you have accountability partners and people that you can be transparent with. Number five, people believe that there is never fighting or arguments in godly relationships. They just don't believe that godly couples have fights in their home or they have arguments or they disagree about a thing. Now, while it is perfectly fine to believe that you will get married and not have a fight or argument, it is almost unrealistic because there are two people from two different backgrounds coming together. 
I'm not encouraging you to expect to fight or have arguments in your marriage or your relationship. I'm just saying that you should be prepared for that. But even when they arise, you must realize that the love of God is able to conquer and overcome any kind of disagreement, any kind of fallout or issues. So we must first remember that we must be gracious and loving people even before remembering that there will be fights and arguments. Now, what this helps to do is that when the disagreements and the fights do arise, we have already settled ourselves in the fact that I have the love of God. I would always respond from a place of love. Now, if two partners are always thinking like that, what you would find that is that they will quickly overcome disagreements. They will quickly overcome arguments. They will quickly overcome problems. Why? Because the spirit of God helps them to navigate it through loving and caring for each other. Because with relationships, it is never this partner against this partner. It is always two people against the problem. And we must always have this picture in our minds. If not, you keep fighting your partner rather than fighting the problem that is at hand. Number six, people believe that both parties in a godly relationship never seek more in the other partner. So people often think that you meet your partner or a godly woman meets a godly man and she's satisfied in everything in him. She's satisfied with all about him, his personality, his character, his relationship with God, and they don't believe that there is room for improvement. Now, contrary to that, in godly relationships, there is always room for more. Even in growing in the knowledge of God, you never attain perfection. You never reach that point where you see, I've learned everything about God. You keep growing. In godly relationships, the difference is that one partner is spurring the other partner on to do better and be better. So it's never a case of this person is a perfect human being and I'm just going to join myself with them and also become perfect. No, both people, in as much as they have become and are completing God, they still ensure that they are spurring each other on to do and be better, whether career-wise, whether academically, whether in their relationship with their parents, their relationship with their friends, in their personal lives, it could be anything. In marriage, you will see that people change, they evolve. It could be for the better, it could be for the worse, but you need to realize that growth happens in relationships and in marriage. So in godly relationships, they do grow. They never just meet each other and are satisfied just there. There is room for growth and God even encourages growth. Number seven, people believe that godly couples marry early to avoid premarital sex. Now, I think this is really funny because a lot of people hold this myth that these two people got married very early just because they wanted to have sex without committing sexual immorality. I don't know about you, but I really don't see a problem with that. As a matter of fact, Paul actually said that they should rather go and marry so that they do not burn with desire, so that they do not burn with passion. So this was Paul's opinion, that so that people do not burn with passion and desire, they should go and marry. Now, it is no encouragement for you to run into marriage just because you want to sleep with someone. That is, that is definitely not right. It's important that we subscribe to what the Bible has said is right. And that means that there is no sexual immorality in our relationships so if you see a young couple who are ready to marry their parents are happy to give them out in marriage i personally do not see anything 
wrong in that and this is another myth that i am not willing to demystify because i believe that people are adults and they should be able to make choices for themselves so when you see young people married you should automatically be thinking oh these people are married because they wanted to have sex early no it could be that indeed it was the time and only god knows what he has said to both parties and why they've come together so rather than judging them for that how about we just celebrate and are happy with them number eight they are very secret and private. A lot of people believe that godly couples are always secret and private. Now, I don't believe in secrecy. I do believe in privacy. And they're two different things. Secrecy is we don't want anyone to know. We don't want anyone in our business. Privacy is we want to be able to control and limit the knowledge that people have of us or of our relationship and all of that. And people have their reasons for this. Now, it is not every godly couple that is even private. Some of them are out there. They are happy to share their lives. I have a friend who God has instructed that he's going to reach out to more hurting women and more hurting men through their relationship. So God said, through the things that he'll be sharing through her to people, more people will be healed from their past hurts, from their past relationships. Now, this is why it is a myth because not every godly couple is private and for those who are they have their reasons why for those who share their relationships everywhere on social media and all of that they also have their reasons i don't believe that there is a right and there is a wrong everyone just has the right to decide what works for them and you and your partner in that position to decide whether you want to be all out there or whether you'd like to control the amount of information that goes out to people Number nine, I found this one so funny. A lot of people believe that godly couples call each other brother and sister. This made me laugh so much. And I've witnessed it. I've seen it. I have no problem with it. It annoys me a little bit, but I personally have no problem with it. And whatever works for a couple, if a brother is fine with his sister, which is his wife or his girlfriend, calling him brother, and a sister is fine with her boyfriend or her husband calling her sister, there's no problem here so allow people to decide what works for them if they're happy to call each other brother and sister that's fine but it's a myth because not every godly couple call themselves brother and sister i have friends that have really cute pet names for their partners and they are godly couples it does not change the fact that they're a godly couple because they've decided to call each other pet names it really doesn't matter what you call your spouse it matters what you speak into their lives because you must realize that whatever you're saying your mouth your tongue has the power to create so it's important that we speak life or we speak what we want to see in our partners number 10 and finally they are very naive and have no game now, this was part of our introduction where we said that I'm sure we all know one or two people who don't want to be with pastors or people who work in church because they just believe that they don't have game. I've heard guys say, I don't want to be with a church girl because she's so naive. All of these things create a barrier and it clouds us from discerning what the Spirit of God might be leading us into. Now, why would someone think that every church girl is naive or why would someone think that every church guy has no game and funny thing game naivety all of these things are relative so depending on a person's knowledge and the source of that knowledge as well because it's important that the source of your knowledge is the bible and not just from society or the world depending on the source of your knowledge that would even determine how you see and perceive these things. So thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. I look forward to speaking to you next week. This is Fortune Man Podcast, Navigating 
life and relationships. Love and light. Bye.